everyone. Hello. This is uh, Talk Bookie to Me. This is a book podcast, a discussion-based book podcast, I guess we should say. <laughs> um, this is our mid-month episode uh, for February. Um, in this episode, we are going to cover what we have read so far, get into some recommendations based on our topic or our theme for the month, um, and just uh, kind of probably take some tangents into other book-related topics like we always do. Yeah. So, uh, I'm one host, Aaron. I'm Felicia. And uh, we are going to kick things off with some book news and books that we purchased, I guess, yeah. would be the best way to think about it. So, you got something for us? Yeah, so um, kind of a big announcement if you guys are familiar with, like, oh my gosh, what's the word? What is... When it's fan, fan fiction. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. If you guys are familiar with fan fiction at all, um, you probably have heard about Manacled. Yeah. It is like a thousand pages of fan fiction uh, with Draco and Hermione. Mm-hmm. But Manacled has, Manacled has been picked up and is going to get traditionally published. Mm-hmm. But anytime you write fan fiction, you do have to change character names and and alter plot because it can't resemble anything to do with that um property that you have created yeah it's an intellectual property or ip issue yeah they can't they can't step over like copyright purposes and things like that so they have to adjust things quite a bit so it is coming out in um 2025 so i'm actually kind of excited about that just because it's nice whenever somebody in that that realm gets noticed mm-hmm. um Allie hazelwood i believe is kind of in that same realm but she does um star wars fan fiction and she started out so, doing uh, raylo right yeah yeah ray and kylo ren yeah. uh probably the most famous one would have to be uh um Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. which was a uh, Twilight fan fiction. Did you know? I heard this recently that a uh, um, City of Bones was a uh, uh, started as a fan fiction. I have heard as that. Well, uh, what was it? Uh, it was a Harry Potter fan fiction, I think it was, wasn't it? That I'm not sure. I think it was. I think it was like Jenny and someone. I think oh. originally, but regardless, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's kind of cool whenever fan fiction gets picked up like that. It always makes me nervous <laughs> because mm-hmm. I know intellectual property law is like very weird and it, it is it is so much up to the judge mm-hmm. um, uh, whenever they convict for these things because there's not really hard and fast guidelines of what fully infringes on these copyright laws. So they have to determine like, okay, this is too far or this isn't too far and it, it's a very touch and go situation. The problem with this announcement though is that Manacled will not be available soon. Yeah. Like yeah. they have to pull the original so that they can't tie it off. Like they otherwise you could do a side by side and see how much she changed. Well that's the problem too with <laughs> earlier whenever we talked about uh was it all the young dudes, the <laughs> mm-hmm. Harry Potter fan fiction? Uh, I think I gave a recommendation for purchasing bound copies of that on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's a horrible idea, mm-hmm. and I should not have given that recommendation because uh, if in any way uh, someone's work that is copyright protected mm-hmm. has been funded or purchased in any sense. Uh, regardless of if it's the original author who is actually doing the binding of it, yeah. they can still technically be sued 
for whatever the amount of money they made on that. Yeah. So it's like a very bad idea to actually purchase those physical copies of it. So the best thing to do if you like fan fiction, get the free copies. Download because it. Yeah, because you can't make any money off of it legally. Mm-hmm. Um, so do not even try to, you know, send money to the author or whatever. Yeah, they can't <laughs> even take donations or anything for no, it. No, no. So, uh, but yeah, this sounds great. But that great. was kind of big news because we were talking about fanfic not long ago. Yeah. And um, Manacle is blown up on tiktok of course it's gone crazy so i think that's a really cool thing that's happening yeah it's always been one of the biggest harry potter fan fictions for sure because it's that one and all the young dudes were the two that i hear about constantly anytime that i see something about fan fiction i understand about manacled it's very spicy uh a little bit controversially so yeah um from what i understand there's a little bit of like weird uh sort of I don't even know how to explain it. It's a I'm trying to choose my words wisely here. It, it's a it, kind of Stockholm syndrome yeah. issues going on. I mean, yeah. it's a Beauty and the Beast situation. It is. It's very much that of like because I think he's like Draco and mm-hmm. like Hermione, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very much like a and like Hermione's a prisoner. Yeah, because the Order of the Phoenix lost yeah. the yeah. So it's a it's a questionable thing overall. Not my favorite trope in literature no. by any means i'm probably gonna read um, it just because i'm curious i don't even i don't know if i'll get around to it anytime soon a thousand and something of pages yeah that's a lot yeah <laughs> you just shrug at that yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll get to that it's on my kindle we, right now we'll get to that it's whenever a thousand we talk something about, pages yeah. on my kindle yeah, sure but when we talk about like a, our pace of reading this month we'll we'll talk about uh, <laughs> the issue with that all right um so i i picked up one book this month, well, not picked it up. You gave it to me. Uh, it's called The Absolute Book by Elizabeth Knox. <clears throat> I don't really know anything about this. Um, I don't really You either. just happen to have two copies of it, so you gave me a copy. I haven't purchased any books this month. I don't think I even have any book news, to be completely honest. Um, I do have a, a correction uh, that I would like to throw out there. Remember we joked about doing our corrections mm-hmm. corner? Um, do you want me to do that now? Or do yeah, you want to, do that. Okay. Because okay. I don't know what you're talking about. The Binti thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't covered that, that yet. That was the news you were talking about, that yeah. you were looking for. Well, it's not really news. But it's, that was something that you were looking, like when it, we were talking earlier, you were like, I knew I had something book news related. I don't know. I don't know if this was it. I think that's what it, it was. Regardless, um, so I talked about Binti uh, by Nnedi Okorafor a little bit earlier um, in the podcast, and I finished the Binti novellas. Those are really good novellas. I mentioned a couple of times that the kind of practices of the group, that the cultural group that she is a part of, uh, were familiar to me. And I said, yeah, I think there's some African groups that actually use the um, kind of clay coverings on their hair and the clay solution on their skin and things like that. Um, it turns out that it's just 100% real like in terms of like the group itself uh the book itself calls them the himba people this is an actual group of people um they're a semi-nomadic tribe um in northern namibia um they've been there for centuries apparently um and i'd read material about them and whenever i was studying african literature but most of my studies were not in namibia most of my studies were in nigeria southern africa a little bit in the congo as well um, so this was one of those that kind of slipped my memory that this is the actual name of the tribe itself. So 
Just wanted to make that correction. That Did you already do a distinction between Afrofuturism and... Because that's part of that that's, same thing. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So I think I referred to um, uh, Binti as Afrofuturism, but uh, Nnedi Okorafor apparently coined the term African Futurism, which separates the two. So Afrofuturism is African American or, or African diaspora literature that has science fiction, uh, speculative fiction bent to it. So it's in that genre. Um, African uh, futurism is specifically African literature with a speculative or science fiction lens on it. So, like the future of Africa. Yeah, yeah. So two yeah. separate genres there, uh, which I think is pretty important to make that distinction because, of course, the diaspora is different than actual Africa. Uh, so it's important to make that distinction also. But yeah, I just wanted to make that correction because uh, we get so many things wrong about Africa. Um, I'm still amazed at how many times I hear people say that Africa is a country and not, not a continent. Yeah. I hear that so often. Too often. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where I want to make sure to clarify as often as I can. I should have done a little bit more research before talking about the Binti book. You're excited. Um, yeah, of course, but I should have done more. Re- That's why I should have done it, because I was excited about it. <laughs> but yeah, so the Himba people are a real uh, tribe in Africa, um, which is what uh, Binti in the Binti books uh, belongs to. And so, yeah. So, uh, there's a group on Facebook. It's called the Spivey Group. Like, it's just the Spiveys, I believe. Um, it is a book group i'm trying to find it on my facebook just to make sure that i'm saying the right thing but the reason i'm talking about it is because yep so it's hashtag spivey's club and um they did a book exchange for galentine's galentine's came from parks and rec it's it's girl valentine's galentine's is it is it purely from parks and oh i don't know sure. I was just wondering because I've seen it way too many places. I feel like that would be too deep of a cut. Because they have Galentine's cards at Walmart with... um, Parks and Rec stuff on it? or What is her name? Leslie Nope. Yes, thank you. Okay. I've only seen like 10 episodes of this So I do think it did come from that, but... It, it may have. I was just wondering because I was—I actually meant to ask you that the other day because I saw something else that was like Galentine's. They were doing a Galentine's sale mm-hmm. at a uh, at Twig and Co. Actually, and they—they they like, yeah. There was a bunch of stuff going on, so I didn't. Yeah, know so it did come from Parks and Rec. Really, that's interesting. Yeah. That's such a big cultural footprint, right? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, 2011. Okay, it feels like longer. <laughs> Weirdly, hey, I don't know. Kira graduated. Okay. High school, so I don't know. So, anyways, there's a there's a book group on Facebook that did a Galentine's book exchange. It's a really big group, and you could do the exchange or not. It wasn't like required, and they did it through Elfster, which is a Secret Santa exchange program. Mm. And you put in like your wish list, and then it it randomizes and matches you, which I think is a really neat program. I've used it before. Um, Reddit did a Secret Santa, and then I did it one other time. I can't remember. Mm. Um, anyways, so in that book exchange, I received uh, Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. 
um, and the requirement was get a book from the wish list and then something book related or something else. Um, so I also got a bookmark and then sticky notes and a box of candy. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, what's the other thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then for, I was going to say for Christmas, no, for Valentine's Day, Aaron got me a book of poetry by Atticus. It's L-V-O-E, love, but spelled bad. <laughs> spelled bad. <laughs> so those are the books that I got so far mm-hmm. this month. I don't think I need to buy any more books this month. but Yeah, I don't think. I mean... Oh, and then I got myself Girlhood because I didn't feel like oh, sending it back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was what I got for my secret Galentine. Uh-huh. And it was a whole thing. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll be buying anything else this month, personally. I've just got way too much to read. I haven't even thought about buying books, to yeah. be honest. Well, that's not true. I think true. about buying books every day, so... I was going to say, that's not true. I actually have, like, a screenshots of probably, like, 15 different books yeah. that I really want to get. A lot of them I haven't even sent to you. Oh. Yeah. A lot of dang. stuff. This is personally interesting. Yeah. Just didn't want to share. That's kind of messed up. Oh, How am well, I going to build my... My my Christmas list for you. I don't think it's going to be difficult at all. <laughs> all right. So, uh, do you want to move into the segment where we talk about uh, what we read so yes. far this month? So, yeah. uh, my Goodreads now says 21 books. Mm. I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I read is that five books so far this month. So, I finished Fake It Till You Bake It by Jamie Wesley. Which was a Once Upon a Book Club book. Um, I got really cool gifts with it. And it was a... It was like an enemies to lovers uh, trope type book. I gave that a four star. Um, I had some issues with it. I'll go ahead. It's, it's yeah. the most uncomfortable line. Please do. But- <laughs> I think I think this needs to be shared with people so that we can save people... <laughs> the pain in case they happen to want to pick up this book. And I'm not saying... It's, it was a, a ter- good book. Okay. Yeah, but there were moments... So... Uh-huh. Hit us with it. <laughs> Just drop the... Lo- no, no. So there are moments it, when... Um, like... And I don't, I don't know exactly when this book was published, but there are phrases like, okay, boomer, that aren't really used... That much, I don't think, today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, slotted into conversation. And then he describes the girl he likes as bougie. Which is fine. Mm -hmm. Except when they're kissing and he goes, I just want to kiss that bougie mouth. And that's when I was like, I (laughs) don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because as, like, if I were putting myself in the girl's position, I'd be like, I don't. Uh, do you? <laughs> yep. And that that really, like, I stepped away from it mentally, and it took me out of it, because I just don't know if that was the prime time to be called bougie. So, I that was my biggest issue. Um, <laughs> I, that's, it's the mo- one of the most uncomfortable things I've and ever And they do heard. it more than once. That's the bigger during problem. During intimate moments. That's the bigger problem. That is it. It's fine if it's in, like, casual conversation, I guess. Like, it's fine. No, it's not even fine then, I don't but think. But yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you're trying to woo somebody, or you're trying to create intimacy, yeah. that's not the way to do it. Nope. <laughs> so, that 
That is probably more like a 3.8. But like... And we're... I round up because overall the story was good. And we're recording this on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to make that clear when we're talking about these books. So, yeah. (laughs) So, the next book that I read um, was Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez. It's a five-star book. I laughed. I cried. It... It was so good. <laughs> um, oh, I have a... I Just this quote, like, it's just the imagery that this quote provides. Um, and we stayed there holding each other, inseparable and movable, tangled like a tree that had grown into a chain-link fence. Mm. Like that, like, you see it. Like, you can picture it and, and feel it. And I love this book. This is recommended to me by, uh, like, one of my really good friends. Mm-hmm. who apparently knows me really well because this is exactly the kind of book that I needed. Um, yeah, five star. It was the easiest five star of the month. Well, it was the only five star of the month so far. <laughs> um, okay, and then I read Into the Drowning Deep by Myra Grant, which was the cryptozoology book that I got for Christmas. Oh my gosh. This book was horrifying. It was very good. Um, I did give it a four star. I had some issues. Um, so there are moments where there's just a little bit too much science and you kind of get bogged down in the science a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, there is like a few times when like the science was so heavy that I did kind of lose focus a little bit, which was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you're talking about discovering the deep, you do need the science. Mm-hmm. And you do need all of these different types of science people. But not all of the science-ologies got defined. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there were so many. Uh, but it was a really, it was a really cool book. But it, it's very gory. And it, it's, like, kind of gross. And... I- I don't, it was I have wild. a question about this one. Yeah. Because it is meant to be like a horror book, mm-hmm. right? Like, scale of like 1 to 10. 10 being like the scariest thing in the world. And 1 being like, like a six, I don't know, like a seven. teddy bear. Oh, 6 or 7? Mm-hmm. That's pretty high. So, the first... So, so the, the way that it's presented... Is it starts out with trauma, mm-hmm. but it's told to you in a report type way. So, like, the mm-hmm. first page is like, here's a report, an incident report. Yeah. That's a really neat way to do stuff. Mm. And then the first time you see, and I don't want to give it away, but no. the first time you see these creatures, it's like, you, you, yeah. they're like scaling the side of the boat mm-hmm. and pulling people overboard. I think it's okay to say what the creatures are. <laughs> Personally, I think it's okay to say what the so creatures are. So they're hunting are. mermaids. Yes. And, and yeah. so they're they're and they're not like aerial mermaids. They're more like traditional mermaids. Yeah, like what you see <laughs> is like like the scary Yeah. Yeah, like you're they're going to eat your face off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there are scenes where like a like a body disintegrates mm. just from the toxins it's and aggressive. and like you he like you see it visually it's like with imagery it's yeah. crazy like 
at one point they were afraid to cover up the body because that's just going to cause more disintegration. Yeah. Oof. That's crazy. That is wild, yeah. <laughs> so there are moments like that where I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. And then so many people, just just so many deaths. Yeah. So much yeah. death. <laughs> it's a horror book. I mean, I think yeah. that's what's to be expected. It was very yeah. good, though. I'm glad. I'm I did glad like it like. overall. I'm just, really glad you I did that. have a hard time with some of the science, so that's why I wasn't a five. That's fair. I, I don't know why, but whenever you describe that one, I think of Andy Weir's books. Because mm. um, Andy Weir, everything I hear about him is like the science gets a little heavy, especially in Hail Mary. Um, but they're like enough personality and plot yeah. and character development that it's There's a lot of char- That's the other thing. There's a lot of characters mm-hmm. in this book. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't... Whenever I was asking you like, well, who lived and who died? You know? I <laughs> you was were, listing and, them. Yeah. And you were listing people and you're just like trying to remember who is who and you're just like, yeah, there were a few others. So from know? what I understand, like 400 people... Yeah. Go yeah. out on the second expedition. That's the tough part. Is and you have that big of a... probably a hundred of them live. Right. And clearly you're not going to have a book where 400 people are individually fully developed characters. No. That's just not But the fact realistic. that like... The fact that I could name 20 people mm-hmm. that were listed and like tell you a little bit about them. That's how yeah. you know there's a lot. That's there's a, a big cast of characters. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um... So the next thing I read is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Why'd you read that? I had to read it for my class. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it took me a week to read a 93-page book. Yeah. Well, it's Charles Whenever Dickens. Whenever you're required so. to read something, I think that's that makes it a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But I've also read A Christmas Carol more than once. I, I've seen probably every like screen adaptation of it that I can mm-hmm. think of. Um, Muppets, seen it. Jim Carrey, seen it. Like <laughs> Jim Carrey. Yes. What are you talking about? Okay. Wait, no, actually, he did a Christmas card? Yeah. Which one? The There's like a slightly animated, but it wasn't... That's him, isn't it? Or am I wrong? No, you might be right. I've just never seen... I'm not tapped into Christmas movies that much. I'm not trying to challenge you on this. No, I'm, just, I'm curious now. I'm too. Are you talking about The Grinch? Because you told no. me that's kind of Christmas carol Oh, wait, no. no oh, my brain is... Yeah. Yeah, that movie is not good, was it? You didn't like that one? I don't think so. I think that... Wasn't the CG, like, really bad on that movie? I don't remember. I liked it. When did it come out? 06? 07? Uh, 09. 09? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Made a lot of money. Of course it did. It's a Christmas Carol. I don't know why I'm like... I don't know why I'm saying that like that. No, no. That makes it better. No, you're fine. (laughs) No, that's interesting though. No, I think it's it's a classic story. Obviously, everybody knows the story. I don't think I need to talk about that one. No, but I mean, did you? What was your? I gave it a four, a three point five, but I rounded it up to a four. One of the greatest known authors in the entire universe, and you gave it a three point five. Yeah, he's a little long winded, even for a novella. All right. Well, what's your next book that you read? (laughs) (laughs) And also, at the end of the day, it is a classic. But that also means that, like, it's harder to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a subjectivity to this, right? Like, it's it's like, it is a little bit more difficult Mm -hmm. in most cases to connect to literature that is that old. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's what it is, so. And then today I read uh, Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Uh, that's the book that Aaron gave me for the beginning of the month. And it is a YA, enemies to lovers, well, ex-best friends, 
an angst to lovers situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, it was really cute. I do have problems with that one too. Um, she was a little mean, like, mm. and it felt unwarranted. She, so it's a high school book. And so there's some high school drama, but she also has some like childhood trauma because she, you know, her, her dad left them. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's unwarranted initially and she's mean. Like, she's just mean. She, like, hates... Like, it's her nemesis. Her ex-best friend has become her nemesis. Right. And it's, like, it, it feels a little too much. But, I mean, they work it out. It's enemy swivers. So. Yeah, of course. But I gave that one a four star. I liked it. Um, It was overall really good. They t- the, the interesting thing that the author did, um, she is a, the... the main character the girl main character her name is celine she is a tiktok star Mm. who talks about conspiracy theories that's really interesting like her entire personality is based on that and then a third into the book you don't hear about it at all Mm. that's weird so like they they talk about it they're like oh you know your tiktok famous oh you have this many followers silence the rest of that's weird yeah yeah i was a little i was a little disappointed because like that she briefly mentions it later when she's trying to apply for colleges. She's like, oh, well, you know, my TikTok page is like a, um, like a, a, a hobby or mm-hmm. like an interesting hobby that I can put on applications. And that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to keep going with that. Like, I don't know. There, there's mo- po- moments when I felt like it could have fit into the book mm-hmm. and into the story. And into, like, the final outcome, and it didn't really. I can see that. So, it it felt like it was building up to things and then didn't. See, like, a thread of that falling through. Yeah. Yeah. It's upsetting. Because that does sound like an interesting thing. I I think that one of the most interesting things we could study with, like, modern literature would be, like, influencer culture. Um, I I don't know. Maybe that's just, like like, a personal thing that I'm, like, really interested in. So That's fair. Yeah. Oh, and then I'm currently reading um, Ruination by Anthony Reynolds, which is a uh, League of Legends novel. Mm-hmm. And I'm about 129 pages out of 400 pages. You say League of Legends is a video game. Yeah. Um, just oh, to... yeah. Sorry. League of Legends video game novel. Uh, a so very, very large video game. <laughs> there's a, like 140 playable characters, and then there's lore for each. And they create new characters all the time 140 yeah you're sure about that i looked it up yesterday that that's crazy right that seems unbelievable but okay yeah and then there's lore for each and then there's lore for the world and then there's wikipedia pages for each character and then each character has like other people that they know that are non-playable characters it's crazy yeah I was yeah. gonna say, how do they balance that? We can talk about the logistics of the video game it's, later. It's crazy. I don't understand how they do that because it's a competitive video game. Mm-hmm. So no, that's okay. We can get into yep. that later. It's con- but, it's it's crazy. Yeah. When I was playing, there was probably forty. That's I don't. Even, yeah. I can't even comprehend that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and I pay attention to video games maybe more than I do books. Yeah. Um, and I have a hard time comprehending that. So, yeah. Maybe I read it wrong, but it, I think it said 
I I, over, I think it's at over 140. I believe you. Are they playable characters? I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, double check. You, you don't have to. You don't have to do it right now in live, live time. With over 140 champs to discover, there are always new things to master. Yep. That's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, it's been around forever, but still, Not how do you long enough for 140 characters? Well, I don't around, think it's been around for like 20 years or something, right? Oof, really. I think so. No, maybe not that long. No. 2009, it's not been yeah, that long. Yeah, not 20 years. <laughs> Gosh. What, okay, so like 15 years? That's 10 a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Right. That's so much character development. Anyway, the book is good. Gosh, though. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I do like it so far. Okay. It follows uh, Callista. If anybody's familiar with the League of Legends game, mm-hmm. it follows Callista. She is a playable character. Awesome. Most of the other characters that I've come across are not. Okay. <laughs> so might be for the best. Yeah. yeah, and they might be eventually. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Is that yeah. all you've read? That's all I got for. Yeah, that's all I've read. All you have so far? Yeah. All right. That's it. All right, we can switch to what I've been reading if you want to. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I've not read much at all. This has been a very difficult first half of the month, I guess, because I've had so much work and I've been trying to catch up. I feel like that's my excuse every time. Um, You've also been playing video games. A little bit. (laughs) And I can read while I'm working. You can't. Right. That's impossible for me. So I have Cinnamon and Gunpowder, the Eli Brown novel that um, I had sort of at the top of my list at the beginning of the month. Uh, this is the pirate novel that you gave me for my, uh, was it the first day? Of the uh-huh. 12 Days of Christmas? Yeah. So I've read a decent amount of it, to be fair. Like, I'm only maybe, I think I'm... Like, you are exactly 100 pages from being... No, I read more today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I'm like 85 pages away from the end Man, that's now. that's so close. Yeah, I'm excited. I would love to finish this today or tomorrow. I wanted to finish it today... It's Valentine's Day. I had to cook dinner and all this stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> but this is um this book is incredible. I I don't I can't say I can't say enough good things about it. I don't think I have a lot of criticisms at all. Um maybe the only issue that I have is that I expected a little bit more cooking because the premise of this book um, if I think I mentioned it in an earlier episode, the premise is that um, there's a chef who's kidnapped by this pirate crew, and the captain, her name's Hannah Mabbitt, uh, she forces him to cook for her every Sunday, and it needs to be like a feast, essentially. And the feast has to be pleasant enough for her so that she can eat it and enjoy it, and then if it's good enough, then she will not kill him or kick him off the crew or whatever, you know, just like basically throw him off the ship. Um, And in order to do that, he has to work with like improvise with all these like weird ingredients and the short cooking uh, utensils that he has and all the the appliances and whatnot. I thought that it was going to be primarily about that, but so far it has been probably 90% uh just pure pirate adventure story and 10%. Which, I mean, it's kind of good because that's actually what you wanted originally when we, when it comes to yeah, pirate stories. But I also <laughs> love food stories, to be clear. But yes, I, I adore I adore this story. 
the cooking scenes are amazing when he's gushing about food is great but the pirate adventure stuff is just so fantastic that they get into naval battles like on the ocean they get into uh you know pirate mutiny stuff uh they're plundering other ships they're yeah it's just it's just so great um, but not in like a ham-fisted way. It doesn't feel like it's over the top. I don't feel like they're necessarily playing into too many tropes. Um, but it also feels like there's like a weird romance developing. Um, but I'm not quite to that point yet. Um, but uh, there was a portion of this that I did want to read. Just like a, a couple of quick uh, quick quotes or paragraph sections that I wanted to read. Mostly because I want to give a flavor for what this book is, and also since this is the only book that I've read this month, I want to be able to say a little bit more about the stuff that I've read. <laughs> it's a um, lot easier whenever you haven't read a lot, because then you can talk about more. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, about about 75 pages into this, they're one of the dinner scenes that he's having with Hannah Mabbitt. Um, they're having this moment where he's cooked this amazing dinner because he's this like refined chef and she's this incredibly educated, very powerful, refined pirate that can also sort of be grimy and, you know, uh, salt of the earth kind of pirate whenever she needs to, but she likes to indulge in that kind of higher society side of herself in some cases. Um, but there's a section that I think captures this weird kind of philosophical thread that goes through the book. Um, because there's a lot of like questions about like religion and life and food and the way it connects with like ourselves as humans. I don't know. There's a, there's a very deep philosophical thread to this that does not get fully explored, at least yet, but there's enough of it to really intrigue me. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of, a couple of little bits here. He's describing like the different flavors and he says, um, you know, there's a, there's certain flavors that we have. Uh, he says like the mouth only can sense like six flavors is what he's trying to say. Um, and then he says, um, this is him speaking here. He says, uh, the flavors of the mouth have their analogs in life. Salt is the spirit of blood and tears, victory and defeat. Its color is red. Sour is a call to attention, a slap on the rump, the prick of a thorn, admonishing you to attend. Its color is the yellow flash under a finch's wing. It's just like, the way he describes flavor in terms of like color and sound to an extent. Um, and then he has another one where he says, Sweet is the welcoming hand, the mother's milk, the kiss, the warm bed. Its color is the orange of dusk. Bitterness is the love behind a stern sword, or a stern word. It is hard-earned fortitude. Its color is green. Astringency is a strong wind. It tightens and cleans. It, it invokes self-reliance. It is the blue of cold water. So it's like he, he describes these flavors in terms of colors and the way that they can kind of appear to him. It's almost like, I don't know, have you heard synesthesia? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like a synesthesia moment where like colors are, thinking. yeah, it, it brings up these like different elements. It's like C 
seeing, tasting, feeling a color. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, I make those jokes whenever I get, like, overwhelmed with something where I'll be like, I'm hearing colors and seeing sounds, yeah. you know. But it just, it, it feels that way in that. And there's so many weird, like, good weird philosophical moments in the book. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to finish it. I, I, I can't wait to see where it ends. But at the same time, we were just talking about this off mic a little bit. But I'm a little worried about, like, leaving these characters behind. This is one of those where you get so embedded in this crew. There's probably like six or seven characters within this crew that you're just so familiar with and you slowly, like not at a good pace, not super slowly, but like you get just enough of a drip feed of their character to learn who they are and to build off of them. You're going to have a book hangover. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not going to be good because I have no. so much stuff that I need to read. Yes. <laughs> but I really, really want to finish you really this. You need to read and, something light and like fluffy. Yes. I plan on going I don't know into if you have anything light and fluffy. The Christmas book. Oh, that's right. That would be perfect. I'm going to go right into that. I thought about starting it alongside this. I don't think you'll want to read anything else. Right. Yeah. That's That's fair. the problem. Yeah. It's just, and, and it's like the writing style is kind of dense in mm-hmm. this book. But once you get into the rhythm, I read like, I'll read two pages and it'll take me like five, ten minutes to read two pages. And then I pick up pace. I get back into that rhythm and that language. And I just read it and I can't, I can't stop reading it. It's just, it's so good. Makes sense. Yeah. I love it. That's great. I think I need to read more pirate books, but. There's a lot. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish, and you know, part of me kind of wishes, and we talked about this again, that there was a sequel, but there's right. another part of me where I just, I want this to be it. Like, right. I want to leave this, like, really good, solid book as the only part of the story. Yeah. Leave these characters where they are, especially Mabbit. She's my number one character of the year so far, like, by a mile. That's awesome. Because we talked about... Like, we talked about this earlier this week um, because, you know, we both liked Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. But even then, like, you couldn't pick out one singular character that you liked yeah. more than Mabbit. Yeah. I mean, Marvin was close. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's because, but, like, liking somebody because they're, like, funnily depressed is and, different than admiring somebody because of how... Yeah diverse they are as a character yeah so i can't i can't express enough like she is she's at once like at times she's like very gentle Mm -hmm. and understanding and philosophical and very internal but then she has these very practical strong moments Mm -hmm. where she just knows how to control her crew how she reminds you that she's the captain yes yeah she she knows how to take care of any situation she balances that practicality and that, like, interior gentleness so well. Because, like, so much of this is a family story for her. And, like, the chef, uh, Wedgwood, is just, like, learning about that family story. Right. So, like, she is, without a doubt, the strongest character in this. Wedgwood is just, like, What's the kind of funny, mouthpiece. Yeah. What's kind of funny is, like, your favorite plot points are, like, found family. Yeah. And, um, oh my gosh. Coming of age stuff? No, like the day to day. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, just like course. meticulous day to day. Of course. Th- I mean that's what this is. Like it's not like normal day to day, but it is just the day to day of a pirate. 
to an extent, but yeah. but it does feel like because I I also should say I don't think I ever said this. This is a this is written as an, an epistolary of sorts, like it's a journal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is supposed to be uh, Wedgwood's journal, the chef. So like everything is relayed through his point of view, his right. journal entries, what he's experiencing. So now how he's seeing her. Yeah. Are her soft moments. Yeah, exactly. But also it's it's um he only captures some of the like high points. The day to day stuff is kinda minimal, mm. honestly. Um, because it, it is mostly I mean, if you've ever kept a journal or a diary, you normally hit the high points because like you're not gonna say like, Yeah, and then I ate a turkey sandwich, you know? That's right. what I'm like because at that point it's like you get kinda tired of writing it out or typing it. So I woke up. I went to school. Exactly. I came yeah. home. I did homework. Yeah. I went to sleep. Nothing happened. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. And that's why it feels like... I did like, do that for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then some, I got bored. Some people do. Yeah. What's the... Uh, oh, who's the guy who did the HBO show that uh, that we watched with oh, the... No. no, no, no. With the... Um, uh, he made the he made the, the rice or the, uh, the rice dish that is John something... Uh, Lily? No, no. Rice dish. He he made a. <laughs> I don't is, know what you're talking. This about. This makes for great podcasting. <laughs> I got you. I got you to watch a couple episodes of it a while ago. Maybe against your will. I don't know. Um, it's the guy who he records everything. It's like the handheld recordings around like New York City and stuff. And he does like I the, know what you're talking about. And yeah. he got stuck in his apartment. Yeah, yeah. And during, during COVID, during COVID and him and his neighbor would exchange food. Him and his landlady. Or his landlady. Yeah. She was his downstairs neighbor. Yeah, I yeah. cannot remember what that is called. It's John something. Uh, oh, how, uh, John Wilson. John Wilson. <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing up, he has, he has a, uh, he shows it in the documentary. He has journals that are um, the, uh, the grid line paper journals for every single day of his life since oh he's like gosh. 16. And it is like hour by hour what he did. Oof. It is, he has thousands of them. Oh my god! And it is, and it, it reminds, it's like that. It's like that is the dead opposite of what the normal average human does. But that is the opposite of what this book is. Um, Thankfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This book, this book captures the high moments of like, him trying to escape, unfortunately, for far too long in the book. He just needs to accept his fate and just realize that him and Matt... The minute he stepped on a pirate ship, he was he sealed his fate. Right. Well, I mean, or well, his fate was sealed. Yeah. Like, he was always going to be associated with pirates. He should have just accepted... He needs to just, like... Except that him and Mabbit need to be together, <laughs> and then just settle down with her. You're reading the ultimate romance story, maybe. I it might be. <laughs> uh, a lot of the pull quotes say it's a romance, and so yeah. far it's not been very much That's of a true. romance. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, but it's a, uh, it, it's very good. It touches on so many, so many issues, but it's also like, from what I understand, fairly historically accurate. So I'm pretty excited about that. But awesome, yeah. That's all I've been reading. I want to finish <laughs> this, and then I want to read, um, oh, what was the one that you got me? Big City Lights? I think big, that's what big, it's called. Big, big, I think that's what it's called. Big City, Small Christmas? Oh, no, it's Bright Lights, Big City or Bright something Bright Lights, like Big City. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I want to try to finish that one this month. Mm-hmm. Um, I would obviously love to finish a few more, but um, I, I want to at least get through those. 
so that I can try to like do a palate cleanser, move into some other stuff. Um, but yeah, so hopefully by the end of the month, you'll hear a little bit more from me on stuff that I've read. I'm just slow. About I have eight it. more books that I need to read by the end of the month. You'll probably read like 12 if we're being realistic, but. All right, so we want to keep things moving. Um, We have some recommendations. So our theme for the month, um, we were recognizing Black History Month and also recognizing Valentine's Day kind of in equal measure. Um, So looking at kind of romance novels um, and uh, black-driven novels in particular. Um, So we had some recommendations of romance novels that we got outside of us, right? Yeah. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of showcase that, like, romance is not a cookie-cutter mm-hmm. definition. Yeah. Um, so I actually got recommendations from my mom and from my friend, uh, who are very different people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> they're different people, different lifestyles, different age brackets, Age brackets. Different lots of things. Um, so, my mom's suggestions were The Timekeeper by Mitch Album. Mm. She said it's not just a romance, but it's a journey of self-love as well. Um, That's what I, I... I appreciate those a lot. Yeah, I mean, That's that what, makes sense. So, I, I she typed out a lot because she was telling it to me over the phone. And I listened to half... <laughs> well, we, we, um, you know, some of our favorite books, like Happy Place, that's what that was. Book lovers. Yeah, for sure. It was very much like, those are, those are so much about, like, self-love and self You have to love yourself so that you can love be others. a good partner. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. I, that's one of my favorite things about romance. So, I, I just want to briefly talk about uh, the talking points that my mom sent Mm -hmm. um she's she prefaced well actually she sends me this really long paragraph and then she says i don't want to give too much away (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah it's but um the timekeeper is about a man during the time of the tower of babel who is cursed Mm -hmm. to live until he finds two people who allow him to see that counting your days is time wasted. Mm. It's a story about a girl dealing with unrequited love and a man who has true love but throws away his last days as he tries to live longer than his than the amount of days he has left. Um, it's a story about finding love for yourself, valuing the love you have, and appreciating all your days because... Um, what is this word? Hmm? Because that's... Why, maybe? God has limited them, but I think autocorrected said something else. Oh, that's um, So that one sounded really good. And also, I like the way that Mitch Album writes. It is, mm-hmm. He's a very like flowy writer. Um, she also suggested uh, Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. Um, and then the last one she suggested, she said, was a little bit controversial as a controversial selection. But she said, Tess of the D'Arbervilles by Thomas Hardy. Um, she said it's a controversial one because feminists believe it's misogynistic, but she sacrifices herself to be with the man she loves to get away from the one she doesn't. And in the end, she knows her family will be taken care of by the man that she loves. Oh. So, she, from what I understand, she gets killed or dies in the end, and the man that she ran away to be with um, does take care of her family. Oh. But I've never read that. I would, 
Yeah, I'm, well, I know Thomas Hardy, of course, yeah. but like I haven't read that. That's an interesting premise for a story because, yeah, I could see how there would be like conflicting viewpoints on that right. for sure. And I can see that. Yeah, that but makes I think sense. that that makes for the best stories, right? <laughs> like, yeah, there's like, yeah, conflicting she interpretations. Me... Yeah, I don't know where it is. It's fine. Okay. Um, you want to get to the smut, I guess. He, yeah. <laughs> 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 all right so my friend um reads very different things um all of her books i'm pretty sure are spicy books 99 percent of what she reads is a spicy book um that's just that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's that's just what she reads, but like you I said, you say that very judgmentally. No, I'm Can not I trying to. I'm sorry, Danny. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Your voice got really high pitched whenever you said that. No, because I used to. I I just I'm trying to be more careful because like Go my ahead. mom also listens to. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's all. All right, just keep going. It's fine. We can we can just we can just smooth over this. We can. We're gonna keep going. Okay, so um, the ones that she she suggested were "We Were Made of Moments" by Bo- Molly McLean. She told me I should really read this one and that it'd be really good. I'm a just I have a small screenshot. Um, also, I love the title. Yeah, we were made of moments. That seems so nice. That sounds. I love that title. Yeah. Um. We were made of moments, a handful of nights, two weeks of passion, four years of denial. Um, she was never mine to keep, but I took every second that girl was willing to give me. So that sounds really good, but it does lead into this different type of romance. That's fair. So then uh, the next one that she sent me was The Hunt, which I don't have any idea of what it's about, mm-hmm. but it's by Nicole Green. Mm-hmm. Um, she also sent Moon Touched by Elizabeth Briggs and then Until You by Katharina Mora. And the reason I did this, I like, especially with the titles, like it's clear that like classics all the way to now, it's like more, I I do feel like lately romance has led into a, a, a smutty direction. Um, maybe, or maybe yeah. it's just more popularized because of like book talk i think there's also like a more like open conversation about absolutely sex and sexuality so i think that there's a there's this kind of movement for books yeah. to more openly explore those themes and topics and i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that i have no issue with that at all i, just, I think if yeah. it's done in a way like so one of the biggest issues with some of the books lately mm-hmm. have been that they are spicier books but they have uh like Colorful, cartoony covers. Yeah. And then they get miscategorized. Or. And that's an issue. Or little genuine substance, uh, which is an issue with Colleen Hoover books. Yes. um, Which we don't have to get into in this episode. Because I would rather not turn this into a negative thing. But both of us have very negative opinions of Colleen Hoover. um, Because she seems to capitalize on. Trauma. Trauma and and sexual trauma, sexual trauma, yeah, without actually exploring what those things mean and the impact of them, uh, beyond a surface level. So, yes, I, I, can... I, I think that is a very big trend. Whenever I went to, I didn't tell you this, whenever I went to Barnes and Noble, 
uh, to get your book of poetry, uh, they had in the window the biggest display of Colleen Hoover, like, like big display posters I've ever seen. Um, for Valentine's, which is insane. They're See, not. I'm gonna get. <laughs> no, we don't. I, don't, <laughs> I didn't mean to get so, us on this topic, but go ahead, please do. Though. That's definitely miscategorized. Yes, because that's not romance. They're not. No. There's nothing. It needs to be in general fiction. Yeah. At the at the at least. Yeah. Because it's not. There's nothing romantic about. The trauma that she builds her stories around. No, and I, I, I just. Yeah, no, I agree. They're they're one hundred <laughs> they're one hundred percent like capitalizing on trauma. Yeah, they try to take the she tries to take these traumatic events and make them and, seem and make it seem like she's growing like the, yes. the main characters are growing from their issues. Right, but then but they then, don't. But then she also uses the moments of trauma as yeah. like spicy scenes. You yeah. can't do that. You no. can't use a spicy scene, a moment of trauma as a spicy thing no. and then try to act like, oh, well, it's okay because the characters grew from that. Yeah, she's not part of that anymore. Yeah. Okay, then she shouldn't be fantasizing yeah. about those moments at all. Exactly. And then why would you write those moments in the most flowery, yeah. like most, I don't know, like provocative Like rainbows way and unicorns. Yeah, and like very provocative as yeah. well. Like, you don't need to write them in that way if you're going to try to say, like, no, this it was a bad moment for her. It is. It's a, I don't know. It's, anyway, sorry, we went on this tangent longer yeah. than I anticipated. But no, I, I think, can talk for a long time about how I feel about yeah that particular writer. I think it's important because, like, <laughs> it, because she is held up as, like, a great romance writer. Yeah. And I just don't think and that's... so. Yeah. Accurate. The biggest thing that her writing did do, weirdly enough, was brought people back into reading. Yeah. They, I mean, there was a study done where it was like, she actually did bring people into uh, reading and romance got a little bit more popular. Yeah. And like, they've, like, she was like a stepping stone writer. I don't love that. I, but at least more people are reading. I, I <laughs> so would they like, can see that there are better things out there. I would like to see the follow-up studies. I would oh, like to yeah. see how many people continued, right. what the longevity of that what was. What else they read. and all, Yeah, and what else they read. Yeah. Like, how much they stuck with, like, more positive romances. Like, yeah. you know, like Emily Henry books or something like that. Like, I would like to know, like, what no, the actual... No, they went straight to smut. Right, honestly. They went from, like, Which, Colleen Hoover Spicy to, like... <laughs> yeah, which if you have like, if you have the critical thinking capacity to understand mm -hmm. that these are things are not super healthy, mm -hmm. then it's okay. I don't have an issue yeah. with that. But I, I think that that is the problem: is if somebody is starting to read with Colleen Hoover again, and then they just jump into that, and they don't have the capacity to be like, well, to separate, like yes, the, the toxic the, from the exactly, the fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyways. On that note, um, let's. I didn't ah. think we were going to go that direction with this episode, but that's okay. I think that's an important Happy topic. Valentine's Day. Right. No, I think it's a very important topic. Yeah, yeah. that's not romance. If, yeah. If somebody, if somebody says that they want a romance, like one mm -hmm. in Colleen Hoover, you need to run. Yeah, because I've. I mean, I've. I've read like 
two Colleen Hoover books, mm-hmm. and you've read two, two as well. Oh, and then I've I've read blurbs for a lot. You still need to read that sequel to. I guess this ends with us, and this starts with us. Those are the two that I read. They're, They're the like, only books that I've actually like traded. Mm, yeah. Into well, I have it in a pile of books to give away mm-hmm. because I don't. That I haven't read or yeah. touched or don't, I don't want. Oh, to. you'll love all the character names, you know, Ryle and Atlas and, you know, all the weird oh, names that she has. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but, like, to find a group of people that do not have a common... There's no Emily's, Anne's, no. like, the, you know, like, the most common mm-hmm. names every year... That book didn't it's have a, any of them. It's a running joke with Colleen Hoover that, like, she chooses the most obscure names possible... Uh, for her characters, yeah, yeah, which is funny. But anyway, yeah, anyways. all right, let's get on to our <laughs> next thing. So, so uh, me and you were going to recommend some books, uh, specifically by African American mm-hmm. authors. You, uh, you want me to go ahead? Mm-hmm. I have a lot. Are you sure? I have not a lot. Let me go. Yeah, you can go. If you want to. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking a lot. Okay, I so I have "Their Eyes Were Watching God" by Zora Neale Hurston. Um, I haven't read this in a really long time. But yeah. I remember I did read it more than once because I studied it in college and in high school. Um, it's just fantastic. If if you're going to read Zora Neale Hurston, that's the place that's, to start. Yeah. I've read two or three of her books. That That's the one to start with because I think that it's like the pinnacle. But it's also the most approachable. So if you understand that one and you can get into that one, I think you can get into her others. Uh, it is more historical mm-hmm. African American literature. It's like you know she was writing in like the oh gosh, Ooh, I don't remember. I do not want to say the twenties if that's <laughs> not the case. I but. also have I know why the caged bird sings by mm-hmm. Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. Um, another one I read a long time ago, and then I read Between the World and Me last year by Ta-Nehisi Coates. I I talked about that a little bit on the podcast last year, but I mean if you still haven't read it, I would suggest reading it. Just because, I mean, it's like it's just so good and also so sad. Yeah. Um, and then I, grocery shopping with my mother was one that you suggested that oh, I read. Awesome. And I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it talks about like historical. That's such a like, good black one. figures and and like his influences. So I think that one would be good. It's a very good one. I don't know. I didn't think about that one. Oh. Yeah. When I was thinking about yeah. Yeah, I talked about it last month. Yeah. But like. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Hurston, uh, 37, I oh. think, is what I just saw for uh, that one. But yeah, so her books are being published throughout like the uh, the 30s, 40s wow. era in particular. So um, she's a very classic uh, African-American author. Um, I have a few that are going to be all over the place. Uh, so I've got Native Son by Richard Wright. Um, that's a big classic one. Uh, I think that's that was a pretty big turning point for me. Uh, in terms of like my literary studies, uh, devastating book. I think everyone should read that in their life at least once. Um, it's not an easy book to read, but it is very, very good, and there are so many interpretations of it that it's it's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, second one, more uh, uh, I guess like approachable, more current, Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. <clears throat> This won several awards uh, a few years ago. Uh, it's essentially a book that is a uh, a, a uh, I don't I can't remember the term for this genre, 
But basically, he takes the uh, concept of the Underground Railroad railroad and makes it into a real thing. Um, so it's like an actual Underground Railroad. And like that people are conductors and they have kind of mystical powers. It's a little bit magical realism to an extent. Uh, it's a really good book. Um, interesting. Challenges a lot of concepts related to uh, African and African American history. So, great book. Uh, Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi. Um, a few issues with this author somewhat recently. Uh, some some questionable stuff with his uh, connections to some uh, groups that were apparently funneling money out of BLM movements and stuff like that. Uh, but I do believe that this book is an incredible nonfiction book for people to read. Uh, it is essentially an alternative history book where it takes the history of the United States and it looks at it from a black perspective. So it, it hits every major event in U.S. history uh, and tries to frame it in terms of like how this impacted black people in particular. Because most of our history books do not look at it in that way. They tend to look at uh, history in a, a perspective that's like from a white lens. And this book looks at it from a black lens. Uh, so it's a, an attempt to balance that really good one. Uh, we Were Eight Years in Power. This is also Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, this is a book of essays that he wrote for uh, various magazines, mostly The Atlantic. Uh, he wrote a few extras. Uh, this was this, like around 2016, I think it came out, 2015, 2016. Uh, really good book. A lot of great essays in there. The one about uh, the case for reparations in particular, I think is the most important to read. Uh, Mama Day by Gloria Naylor. This is one of the ones that I gave you. So it's Underground Railroad. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is actually, yeah. Uh, this is a magical realism book uh, that is just... it. There's one scene in this book I think about so regularly it is ridiculous. Like it... I don't, I don't remember too much else about this book, but there's one scene in particular in a chicken coop that I think about all the time. Um, and it is it is bizarre, and the way it's written is so visceral that it just I don't know it just it just really really sticks with me. Um, similarly, <laughs> unfortunately, I guess, uh, Beloved by Toni Morrison. Uh, this is probably the turning point for me when it came to African American literature. Uh, everybody, I feel like, if you're familiar with American literature at all, knows Toni Morrison, uh, The Bluest Eye, and Sula are two of her other big ones. Uh, Beloved, I think, is... Uh, Song for Solomon. Song for Solomon as well, yeah. I think Beloved is a masterpiece. Um, it is one of my favorite books I've ever read. Uh, I've done readings for it pretty regularly at readings that we have for uh, you know the university that I teach at. Um, this book is difficult to read. It's a ghost story, but it's also like about the ghosts of history and slavery and how that haunts current day life. Um, very similar to Mama Day. There's a scene in that that I think about where they're describing, uh, the, the scars on someone's back from being whipped. Mm. Um, and they describe it in the shape of a tree and the way it looks like a tree, which is also another significant image for, unfortunately, racism in African-American history. So 
Um, there's an interesting thing there. Uh, and the last one, I couldn't pick a single book, but Bell Hooks uh, is another big prominent author. Again, a couple of questionable things with Bell Hooks. Um, but she writes, or she wrote, unfortunately, she passed not too long ago. Um, she wrote a lot about uh, nonfiction stuff, about uh, specifically being black in the South, um, and about being uh, black women in the South in particular. Um, and uh, yeah great stuff a lot about teaching as well which you know if you're teaching uh there's a multiple books that she wrote about that that i think are interesting uh, about teaching with empathy uh teaching as like a humanitarian act and with kindness um again some questionable stuff in there some stuff that i have criticized uh, pretty openly but i think that they're there's they're still worth reading for sure um there's actually a documentary that that she was in uh, called Hillbilly that uh, that I think uh, she did a great job speaking about Southern life with uh, uh, being black in Southern life and how that affects that. And I've I've watched that documentary, oh my gosh, probably like fifteen plus times. I used to leave it on in the background and like just jot down random notes from it while I was doing other things and working on stuff. Um, it was on Hulu for a while, but it's a very, very good documentary that I would recommend to everyone as well. So, um, so that is that. That's all of your. Yeah. Okay. So at the end, sometimes we do like a random fact. Sometimes we do suggestions. I haven't gotten out much, so I don't really have any suggestions. You haven't um, gotten out much. I like the way you said that. I mean, I don't get out much. I don't do a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay all right so, can i can i actually just throw out a suggestion absolutely. is that okay and yeah. then we can do our book thing absolutely. i'm sorry i'll forget it next week if i don't uh there's a youtube channel i think this is important for black history month in particular fd signifier oh, yeah. i mentioned that earlier That's right. um literally the the letters fd and then signifier is a youtube channel it does video essays uh from like a black perspective and he looks at pop culture topics uh and also some political topics i just wanted to throw that out there i've watched like almost every one of his videos in the last month um i'm just i'm totally hooked into the stuff that he talks about so anyway go ahead so what we're doing this time is we're just gonna throw out some of our favorite romances i did want to do like one favorite romance and then i started thinking that i couldn't narrow it down because i don't do a good job doing that Mm -hmm. um so I decided that we're going to do more than one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many, but do you have viewers ready or do you need me to go? I it, Let's let's bounce back and forth. Oh, do good. you want to do that? Yes. Yeah. So I would suggest Laura Olympus by Rachel Smythe. It's a Hades and Persephone retelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a web, it started out as a Webtoons. Um, it's, it's still on Webtoons, but it's being published like in like, paper form so i think that's really cool graphic novel right yes i should have started with that probably no you're good i just think it's important to specify. <laughs> um i was gonna say this is how you lose the time war mm. um by amal el motar and max gladstone that's the one that i had prepped uh to begin with yeah um i think i've talked about it before it's a sci-fi book it's very short it's epistolary there's letters in between it's a little bit hard to follow mm-hmm. but it has some of the most beautiful just sentiments I've ever read. The in my letters whole life. Are, are 
great. I've I've gone back and just read some of the letters. Like you still need to read it through the first time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to reread it, I think you could just reread it with the letters. I've gone back and literally just like yeah. skim the letters and be like, oh, this is the one where mm-hmm. they talk about this. It's I don't know. It's just some of the most beautiful language. It, mm-hmm. The the two characters they just they they adore each other on a level that is just yeah otherworldly. It's yeah. Can never put it into those words. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I also have like a paranormal romance that I I read a lot. Um, oh gosh, Full Moon Rising is the first one in the Riley Jensen series. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, in the similar vein, there's also like Dark Lover from the Black da- Black Dagger Brotherhood series. Mm. Both of those are like shifter like paranormal vampire or werewolf type romances mm-hmm. i think those are really cool they have like a good story and they balance a romance and a cool like fighting situation mm-hmm. so i did both of those sorry yeah. no no i think it's good yeah i i mean i i don't know which way to lean exactly but like i think john green writes mm. good romances but not traditional romances yeah. Uh, Paper Towns is the big one that I've read. Um, I would recommend that book, even though it's not a traditional romance. It's a love story. It is a love story. The reason I want to signify the differences is because, like, he falls in love with the thought of a girl. And then later falls in love with himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think that... I think that's great. I Yeah, and I think John Green is the best at, like... You know, writing the way realistic, uh, non-requited love, I guess. Yeah. Well, not even non-requited. I don't know. It's complicated. It's complicated. complicated. But it's a good one. I like that one a lot. Well, he like... So, that that common like fairy tale trope of like love at first sight or Mm -hmm. like loving the idea of love. Yeah. John Green takes that and turns it on its head and then tears it up into pieces and says, no, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is like funny because we don't have to get into all that. But like, but he just he stereotyped as like the one who like does like the cookie cutter stuff. And I don't see I don't how. Like he he's does. probably most famous for A Fault in Our Stars, and they're both like, or she, one of them. I don't remember. I think they're both sick. We don't have to talk about it. I've not seen that. I've it's not read sad. it. I don't know anything about it. I only know very little about it. It's incredibly sad. Yeah. But similarly, <laughs> similarly to that, I was going to say Five Feet Apart. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I cannot remember who wrote it. I don't either. So, yeah. Five Feet Apart is about two people who have cystic fibrosis. Mm. And they're both doing experimental treatments. And whenever you're doing that, you can't be around another immunocompromised person. Mm-hmm. And so they carry around, like, she carries around, like, a like a mop handle. Mm. And that's how you show, like, you, you can hold each end of it and you're five feet apart after. I thought, that's so cute. Yeah. And, um, like, it's, it's just sad, a really, dude. oh, God, yeah. It's just a really good story. <laughs> Um, it has an alternate ending. There are two different endings in the book. Oh. Yeah. One of them is good. One of them is not good. I don't like that. I don't you like when it. books do that. Or maybe it's the movie that has the alternate endings. I don't like either of those. I can't remember. Just. I think know. it might be the movie. Just give me an ending. I don't yeah. like that. Um, 
I would recommend, I mean, we talked about Emily Henry. Yeah. Um, constantly. Just in general. Uh, yeah, just book lovers, <laughs> happy place. Uh, you read Beach Read. Yeah. Um, you like that one a I ton. have one left before Funny Story comes out in April. Yeah. Is that in April? Yeah. I swear I thought I saw that it was already out. Oh, I, I need don't to. Think I need. So. I need to check that out. But yeah, April twenty third is the, what my Amazon says. The the Emily Henry book stuff is really good, though. I I, I would definitely recommend any of her books, um, even though I haven't read most of them. <laughs> I would also recommend like Nicholas Sparks books. They either start out sad and end up happy, or they end up sad, but it's because they've had this like good love story and then it ends up sad Mm. i would recommend nicholas sparks book over the movie for the notebook that's the only one i've read that movie has a just a horrible like addition to it that i don't (laughs) think is great at all that whole uh ferris wheel scene uh is horrible like he's literally putting her in a situation where she has to agree to go on a date with him or else he's going to like let go and fall and die. Um, did not like that at all. It's kind of crazy to me that people think that that is like this so romantic. pinnacle of I mean, a romantic that talks movie. About, like that's the same thing we were talking about earlier when like it, it's fine to read certain things mm-hmm. as long as you can separate like yeah. the toxic behavior and from those things. Same thing. The book the book doesn't do that at no. all though, is the thing. And that that movie hinges on that scene. That's yeah. the problem. That's a core scene. Like it if yeah. without that scene that movie does not work. That's my issue with that movie. That's fair. It, because she would not she probably would not have gone back out with him if it wasn't for that. Right. So that that's where my issue is. If it's like a side thing that I can kinda like lay to the side, it's okay, but I don't know. I had a big issue with that. Um, I'm trying to think of any more romances. I don't, I don't know. If I, well, I think I, I think I mentioned Warm Bodies earlier. Mm, um, that's good. Which is like a zombie that. romance. I haven't read that, but I saw the movie, and I the movie made me want to read the book very Ow. much. So I liked both. What about uh, Akatar? How are you on those? Oh yeah, I like Akatar, Fourth Wing, the fan the fantasy romances. Those are good. Okay. I definitely would recommend like Fourth Wing. Well, I haven't really gotten into the the weeds for the romance mm-hmm. in Akatar because like there's not a whole lot in the first book, mm-hmm. um, but there is in like Fourth Wing. Mm-hmm. So I would also recommend Fourth Wing. Yeah, but keep in mind that there's some parts that are weird because Violet is like young and or she's not young they're like all adults but she's small and tiny and they mention the fact that she's small and tiny so i constantly have to remind myself that these are adults because it's that's the only part where i'm like i don't know about this (laughs) yeah i think i would start to raise an eyebrow about that as well for sure Yeah. yeah yeah i i don't know i i don't think that there's been a lot of uh like very serious romance uh, novels that I've read. I mean, there's books that I've read that have had very good, like, romantic interests and right. development of relationships. But uh, I think those are... Oh, uh, Mary Andrews books. Did we oh, mention yeah. I, I think we, that, I those think are those, good. Those are good, like, fluffy, kind They're of Hallmark like, movie. Well, then Heartstopper. Books. Yeah, oh, Heartstopper, of course. Yeah, Heartstopper's mm-hmm. great. Another for a graphic novel. But, yeah. the If you're looking for, like, fluffy, surface-level romance stuff that's, like, more, like, Hallmarky. I would say Mary Kay Andrews. Uh, Heartstopper is more like 
very, very YA. Yeah. Um, like the younger end of YA. We've talked about it several yeah. times, but I think that's that's a it's a decent addition uh, as well. Um, but yeah, I think that might be all that I have for that's those. All I got two. Okay. That's it. Sounds good. I mean, there obviously there's a ton more that I've read, but I think I did like bullet points. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, so that's our mid-month episode. Um, we will be back at the end of February for um, kind of a wrap-up, just to let you know what we finished reading, to give some reviews, some superlatives, depending on how much we've read, I guess. Well, me in particular. Um, and then also... I uh, 10 more books to keep up with Michael. Yeah. So. I don't even want to look at what I have to continue reading, but... Anyway, we'll be back at the end of the month, um, and then uh, next month we will kick things off with a new theme, a new topic, trade books. Which we're still um, trying to hash out. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out what we want to do for March, um, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, you know, match each other's reading pace a little bit more, but we'll see. That's okay if, you, if we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can slow down. That's so rude. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> all right. So we are going to wrap things up, though. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, you can reach us at uh, talkbookie at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, things like that. Um, also, you can find us on most major podcast platforms like Spotify, um, Apple. Uh, you can find us uh, on uh, Amazon. Google Podcasts, as long as that exists. Google Podcasts, which I think is going to be YouTube Podcasts. Yeah. I, don't, I keep saying that. I don't know when that transition is happening. Um, and then, uh, obviously, straight through Podbean, where we host this thing. Um, you can do that as well. Uh, please leave us reviews, ratings, uh, all of that stuff on any of those platforms. Uh, that helps us kind of reach people. Share the show with anybody as well. So on your social media stuff, um, you know, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, we're well. on Instagram at TalkBookie. We're also on Goodreads. Um, I I've said this before, but I need to put I need to start putting my reviews on my Goodreads mm. instead of just starring because I think. I, I don't know. I like people to know what I think of something. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. just review the bad stuff. <laughs> no, it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. But um, backslash Fee Marie for me or backslash AT Cole 1400 for Aaron. You would think I would remember my own Goodreads, but I stumble over that every single time. Sorry, right. I'm glad you remember mine because I don't remember mine ever. So it's okay. I think I just have too many names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up. Hopefully, we're going to read a little bit um, again. You know, I hope so. Yeah. Reach out uh, if you have any questions for us or suggestions, things like that. Again, thank you for listening. And uh, we will uh, hopefully be throwing some more recommendations and reviews and stuff at you in a couple of weeks. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Okay, bye. Bye.